I felt like the, in this service I want to talk a little bit about gates and thresholds. This morning we talked about running the race. You have to recognize the hour that we're in and run according to the hour that we're in. You have to accept your responsibility. What has God given you to do? There's no spectator. We all have the same mandates. What God said to to Abraham, fill the earth and subdue it, that will remain until we have done that, at least to the degree that it satisfies God. I understand we're not going to take everything over. That's not Bible. But we are supposed to be extending the kingdom. That is Bible. You know, God told Noah the same thing. He told Abraham uh, that, you know, he'd be a blessing to all families on earth. Gen- or, uh, Matthew 28, the Great Commission, make disciples of nations. And the earth will remain until those things are done. The devil never gets to be Lord, okay? It all belongs to Father. He pulls the plug. It's not going to be because of climate change or these other kind of things. I mean, I understand this, a lot of this stuff is real. But you have to step back and say, Jesus is Lord. What season are we in? What is he saying in this hour? Because he'll tell us what he's doing and what we need to be doing. What is my assignment? Then we accept our assignment. Then we have to contend for it because it doesn't just come automatically. You're going to have to go to war for these things. And then you have to live with a spirit of expectation. You can get the, we recorded that. That's what we talked about in this first session this morning. But I felt like just... In this second session, we just need to talk about the contending part of that. Because here's how everything works. I talked about that circle, that radar, where you can stand here and God declared from the foundation of the world what He wanted to do in this city, what He wanted to do in Bhutan, what He wanted to do in Nicaragua or Honduras, what He wants to do in Japan. From the foundation of the world, there's destiny spoken over those. Uh, Habakkuk. The earth shall be filled with at least a knowledge, which means an intimate understanding of the glory of the Lord as the water covers the sea. That's what God intends to do in the nation. So that's spoken out there. And then He's changing our paths so that they begin to intersect with that. But here's what happens. If you're walking faithfully with what God's given you to do now, He'll show you something beyond where you are. It's a step up. You will never see step three until you're standing on step two. And you'll never see step two if you're not faithful on step one. Wherever you are, you're faithful with what God puts in your hand, and He'll show you more than you have in your hand right now. But it will always cost you to go from where you are to where you need to be. And if you don't take step two, you'll never ever see step three. We would never see what we're seeing in nations if we hadn't gone to the back room and done children's church for three years and then gone to Bible school, and then come to teach in a Bible school, and then be faithful. We never had a picture for nations. We've just been obedient to take the next step. And each time we took a step, it let us see beyond what we had been seeing because you get a greater perspective. God said to Abraham, lift up your eyes and look out from where you are, and I'll give you what you see. God gives us what you're we're looking for. But we don't know what we need to be looking for until we begin to take steps up. But it always costs. All your battles are at the steps. If you're facing a battle right now and you're trying to follow God, there's a good chance there's an opportunity for promotion and the devil knows that. And you're going to contend at the gates and the thresholds until you get the victory because at every step there's stuff you have to leave behind that you can't take here. God will not let you go from where you are to the place that you need to be if you're not willing to lay some stuff down. 
We see the Himalayas out of our window. You don't climb that with your Volkswagen strapped on your back. You don't take your bank account to the top of these mountains. If you're going to go, you're going to have to go light in these places. And there's stuff that we could have when we were babies. It's okay to be childlike. It is not okay to be childish. There's a big difference. And there's stuff you have to lay down to go from here to there. And you won't go up until you're willing to lay that stuff down. You get stuck there. And there's stuff you have to have at this level. Any kid in here, and some of us young adults that have played video games, know you've got to arm up before you can level up. You do not, if you go to this level without that big weapon you were supposed to get in that, you were in big trouble. And God knows that, and He don't want you to get squashed like a bug. And so He won't let you get up here. Some of you are fighting stuff right now, and God's not going to let you out of there till you get what you need. The weapon, the tool, the armor, the strategy, all that's in your Bible, and He will not let you go to the next level till you get what you need, because you'll get your backside kicked. And so He's going to keep you fighting where you're fighting until you learn how to win at that level, at that level before He releases you. That's just big picture stuff. And it's stuff we've learned starting with nothing and growing ministry in communist nations, Buddhist nations, Hindu nations. It doesn't matter because there's no ism in the Bible that's bigger than the Holy Spirit. But you have to listen and you have to fast and you have to pray. Sometimes you go, sometimes you wait. Sometimes you get on your face, sometimes you shout. You do what it takes and God teaches you that. But that's how it works to go from one place to another. And it'll work and God will give us strategy. I believe we're coming into the greatest season of opportunity the church has ever seen. Strongholds are going to start coming down. The devil is raging in this hour. Why? Because his time is short. The church doesn't have a time issue. The devil has a time issue. He's on a limited time. God's the God of eternity. He is not on limited time, but you and I have an expiration date. We are. The church is not. A thousand years from now, five thousand years from now. But you and I are. We get one shot at this. You know, we get one pass through this thing. So we want to run wise with what God's given us to do in this hour. Jesus said in Matthew 16, Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's a promise, and it's a promise that God keeps. God will build a church that will move the gates of hell. He will. It's a promise. It's going to happen. It is happening, little by little. Not as much as we would like to see, but it's happening. And when the church gets in the right mode, the right mindset, the right position, gates are going to fall. God said to at the very beginning, and... His word doesn't change. We'll stay here until we get this done. God blessed Abraham and or Adam and Eve and said, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over those things that are created in the earth. God made us to be an advancing, apostolic, pioneering, keep moving it. We do it in business. We do it in our jobs. We do it in a lot of ways. God, That's part of our DNA. It's part of our makeup to want to reach farther, to go farther, to do more. A lot of it has got translated into human things that we do because it's our spiritual call to fill the earth, to subdue it. There, there's kingdom seeds in that. 
the natural mindset of God's people should be, how do we fill the earth, subdue it, and uh, bring things and bring things under uh, kingdom mindset. And so we come to the New Testament, and Jesus says, I will build my church. Church is not a Bible word, never been used before in any biblical context. Church is the Greek word ekklesia. It was a Greek word. And it was a word used for a group of men and women that would be put together. When Rome came in and conquered your town, they would put together an ecclesia. And they would be called out of the marketplace, out of government, out of education, out of philosophy. And they would be put together and they would be sent into a city to begin to change the culture into Roman culture. That was ecclesia. Ecclesia was a governing body sent out from whatever the ruling political and military power was to begin to establish their kingdom in a foreign culture. That's the church. That's us. We're called out of the marketplace. Look at most of these guys in the Old Testament are called out of marketplace, but they continued right in marketplace ministry. But we're called out of that, and our assignment is to pull heaven down. Prayer is pulling heaven to earth. We begin to pull heaven down and we begin to shift the culture wherever we are. That's the, church's, that's the church's assignment. We're set into cultures to change them. We become the decision-making body. We pray things in, we pray things out. I don't know how prophetic you know your church name is Gateway. The church is the gatekeeper for the communities. The church is the gatekeeper for the communities. Starting a church is starting a governing body for the region. And I just wanted to get this on the tape because I, I kind of heard the Lord say this as I was looking at this last night. Don't take local as a limitation. We often talk about the local church, but don't take that as a limitation. Take that as a foundation. We're established locally, but we think globally. You can do that. Don't, local never becomes a limitation. Local never becomes, a, but we reach our Jerusalem first. Never get that. Because there's no Jerusalem in the world that has been reached. So we're way, way off because no city's been fully reached for Christ. Paul said it. Paul never would have left Jerusalem if the mandate was don't grieve here until it's done. You always work locally and think Globally, And I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell you guys, don't let local become a limitation. Just let it be your foundation. But you have to keep lifting up your eyes and looking out because you'll never get more if you're not looking for more. All right? So God starts a church as a local governing body to call the Spirit of God into a place to begin to change things. Ephesians 3.10, His intent was that the manifold wisdom of God would be made known through the church. God wants wisdom to be manifest through us. I'm still perplexed by how Joseph got wisdom for a nation in the Old Testament and we don't have Josephs rising on the scene in the New Testament. How did Esther have that wisdom? I mean, we're righteous now in Christ and the Holy Spirit lives in us. There will be Josephs that rise, Daniels that rise, Esthers that rise that have answers for some of the big, big, big challenges in the world. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Because his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom would, of God would be made known in the earth. God is going to begin to reveal sons and daughters that have answers for these things if that's what we're looking for. His intent is to use us at least as a prayer point. 
to begin to declare over this region, this area, how it is going to be, that His glory is going to be poured out, that the economics are going to change, that the school systems, that's getting under the responsibility of what we carry as sons and daughters in the family business. There's only one level of citizen, sons and daughters. There's nothing else in the kingdom, sons and daughters. That's the level of citizen. Now, little children, yes, but not, you don't get responsibility until you're ready to take responsibility. Then you begin to act like sons and daughters, and there's only one business, and that's the father's business. And that business is reaching the lost, reaching the nations. That's the business we're in. That's the family business. God created earth to fill heaven. That's just real simple. He wants a family. And so that's the family business is growing the family. That's the family business. And so God's intent was then to use us as that touch point, the lightning rod, the place where heaven comes down, lives are changed, and we begin to affect the culture. But gates are going to stand in our way. Gates are going to stand in our way. I'm not going to talk about inheritance this morning, but I've spent a lot of time on this looking at the nations. Psalm 2 says, ask me and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. Inherit in the Bible means to occupy by driving out the previous tenants and taking possession in their place. To inherit in the Bible means you, you, me, I, we must dispossess whoever has what belongs to our father and then we have to step in and take possession. You have to, in in prayer, dispossess powers, principalities, powers of darkness. You have to dispossess them in prayer. We can do that right here. We can pray for lots of things and dispossess. But if we're not willing to send people in and put them on the ground to begin to take possession and make disciples, we'll never have lasting change. Because you can't change nations just in prayer. You can change the atmosphere and you can prepare, but God always speaks through men and women. God uses us. We have an intercessory role in the earth. And so God has to send people in there. So when you talk about any kind of inheritance, it's twofold, displacing and replacing. And, dis- and inheritance is always tribal. We don't just get personal. I can't just go out and get stuff. I have to be part of a spiritual family, a body, a tribe. All inheritance is given based on what tribe you're a part of. Levi got this. Judah got that. Simeon got this. And so it, it's based on who we're running together with. Abraham, you look at Hebrews, uh, Abraham received inheritance along family lines. And so a lot of this has to do with our, with our family. We said this morning, and again, 1 Corinthians 16, 9, great doors of opportunity are open to me, but there are many that oppose me. Opportunities come with opposition. Opportunities come with opposition. A lot of us are being opposed right now because the stakes are high and there's tremendous opportunity. And don't see your opposition as a thing that discourages you. See your opposition as an opportunity to get a strategy, wisdom, some fortitude. We really have to have an overcoming spirit. If you'll go through Revelation and just look at the rewards for overcoming We really have to be men and women that carry that overcoming spirit. That if we didn't get an answer today, we're going to get it tomorrow. If we didn't get tomorrow, we're going to get it the next day. If we didn't get it by fasting, we're going to get it by praying. If we didn't get it by praying, we're going to get it by worshiping. If we didn't get it by the name, we're going to get it by the blood. If we didn't get it by the blood, we're going to get it by the word. You have some things in your Bible, the Holy Spirit. You've got four or five things in your Bible that are indefensible, unstoppable. And you have to find what works for you where God 
releases your faith where your faith catches on to and begin to use your weapon, your tool, your armor, your arsenal, what God has put at your hand, and you have to find out what works for you because gates stand in your way. I read this this morning, and I want to read it again. I was praying last year, and I said, God, we need to be able to move things in these nations. We need to be able to move things in these governments. We need to be able to move things politically, spiritually, in offices where we need favor. And the Lord gave me a verse from Isaiah chapter 45, verse 1 and 2. I was fasting and praying in the Philippines last year, and the Lord just spoke this to me. And so I went to Isaiah chapter 45, and it says, Thus says the Lord to his anointed, Cyrus, who is right hand I have held. Cyrus wasn't even a godly man. But God began to use him to subdue nations before him, loose the armor of kings, open the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight, will break the pieces, break to pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. This is a reference to Babylon. Cyrus was a king, but he was also a warrior king. And he completely marched through Babylon. And Babylon had massive brass gates, bars of iron, foot thick, feet thick these things were. And, and Cyrus rode through those. He, he pretty much captured all of Assyria, one of the leading world powers in that day. And so God wants to give us these things. We begin to see it with our team. They would begin to go into government offices in places like Thailand. And the, it would be after hours and the people would say, you can't be here. And then they'd open the door and they'd say, you know, you really can't do what you're asking us to do. So here's the paper so you can do it. I mean, they would be saying, we can't, you can't, we won't. And at the same time, they're giving them permission. And Sandra and I were praying through some things. Listen, guys, we are facing some of the biggest battles we've ever fought in our lives right now, but we're advancing in place after place. You have to be wise and not judge one thing by the other thing. You have to see all that God is doing. And we're contending and winning in some places, and other places we're still contending. And you can't stop here because something is fighting you over there. You have to really recognize the season that we're in, and God wants to give us gates because it's at these gates it's at these thresholds you come to these crossing points to step from where you are to where God's calling you to be and that is where you wrestle that is where the enemy will put up a bulwark and try to stop you so when you find yourself at these places where you feel breathless where you feel like you've exhausted all of your energy where you feel like will I push one more time yes you should you push again and you push again, and you push again, because the one thing it is doing is building strength in you. And those things will move. You get your word out, and you start saying what the Bible says, because He wants to give us these places. And gates are where we win and lose. Gates are where we get stuck. But gates are where God pours out. Ezekiel chapter 10, verse 4, The glory of the Lord went up from the cherub, who stood over the threshold of the house, and the house was filled with the cloud of the glory. God is going to move if we'll continue to contend in these places that are believe for your schools, believe for your government, believe for, your, believe for unbelievable things, because that's what God does. You know, as you guys begin to look at this capital campaign, most business people look at us and just walk away, because our budgets never match our faith.
But you can't let your budget tell you what your God can do. We do set budgets. We walk in wisdom. We don't want to get these things in debt up to the hilt. That's not God. But we don't look at our budget and then start cutting missionaries off the wall because our budget changed a little bit. You do not want to let money tell you what your God can do because that becomes a gate. And if the devil can confine you, he'll confine you there forever. I grew up on a farm. We had electric fences. You took a cow over to the fence. Bam! He got hit one time. He never went out of there again. Years later, you could take the thing down and he would never step over where the fence used to be. The devil does that. You tried faith once, bam. You paid your tithe once, bam. You believed for healing once, bam. And now you're trained. I'm not going there again. The devil's very good at containment. God does not want us contained. He wants us to release. He wants us released, but you're going to have to charge gates to do that. Upon this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell won't stop it. You're going to have to storm gates. Now, I won't give you all this. I've got a few other things in here this morning. Uh, just let me give you some scripture. If you'll look at Haggai chapter 2, often this kind of thing brings financial release. No matter what it is you're fighting for, you'll see scripturally that often there's a release of finances uh, on this when God begins to break through. Um, then Genesis chapter 28, verse 14, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth spread abroad, east, west, north, south, and your families will be blessed. The word there is parats, P-A-R-A-T-S, and it means to break forth or to expand, to spread out. This is a breakthrough, a breaker anointing. God wants to give us a boundary-breaking anointing. Isaiah 54, 2, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains. This was the first word the Lord gave us when we moved to the Philippines. And it continues to happen to this day. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Isaiah 54, 3. For you will break forth. Parach. You will break out. We must break out. It is the call of God on the church in this hour. 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 20. David went to Baal-perazim and defeated the enemy there. And it's called Baal-perazim because it means the Lord has broken through. God is the master of the breakthrough. That's what it means, Baal-perazim. That is the breaker anointing. Micah chapter 2 and verse 13. The one who breaks open the way will go before them and they will break out and pass through the gate. That is the verse you need to contend for this year. Micah 2.13. He's the breaker. He goes before you. He wants to break through gates in your lives that are hindering you personally, financially, spiritually, relationally. That is what God wants to do in this year. The one who breaks open will go before them. They will break out, pass through the gate, go out by it. The king will go before them because he is the God of the breakthrough. God is breaking through in this year. Final verse, Joel 2.23. You children of Zion, be glad and rejoice in Jehovah your God, for He gives you the early rain in due measure and causes it to come down for you, the early rain and the latter rain, one more time together. 
There was an early rain, book of Acts. There was a latter rain, Azusa, that began 100 years ago. We've seen more people come to Christ in the last 110 years than we'd seen in the last 2,000 years. Most of that has happened since World War II. Most of that has happened in the last two or three years. There is such an escalation of the gospel. One out of every five people on the planet is born again right now. I mean, that's just, it's, you don't hear that on the news, but there's a tremendous advancement. And God says he's going to take the latter, the former rain, book of Acts, latter rain, Azusa, and they're going to come together one more time. Anybody in here want to multiply the book of Acts times Azusa? I mean, that is going to be fun for us. For the other guys, not so much fun. So stand on your feet today. Stand on your feet. Let me pray over you, and then I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Ben for a minute. I really felt like the Lord just wanted me to settle in on this point of contending at the gates in this session. A lot of you guys are pushing against stuff. As a body, you're going to start moving into some things. Listen, God's slow to tell you where He's taking you because as soon as it gets spoken out, the devil knows that and opportunities come with opposition. You have got to know because you see something that the devil's going to do whatever he can to discourage you and that's where you've got to lean into grace. You've got to lean into one another. You've got to know what God has given you. And so he doesn't throw that out quickly. But we get to a place where God has to kind of roll that on us. So we begin to man up. We begin to stand up. We begin to shoulder up. We begin to say, God, I'm willing to take steps of responsibility. God will give you an inheritance. But you have to step for it. You have to step for it. You have to stand for it. You have to contend for it. So, Father, I just speak over this house today. And we want to release in here a breaker anointing. We want to release a breakthrough anointing. Father, it is time for this church to contend at the gates and see the breakthrough. Father, it's time for you to enlarge their footprint here in Michigan and around the world. It's a season of enlargement, expansion, Father, however you see that. However it comes, at least in a spiritual domain, you want to authorize them in a greater way. And so, Father, we just release over this house today a greater apostolic anointing, just that parats, that uh, breakthrough anointing, that expansion anointing, that they begin to see it in business, they begin to see it in relationships, they begin to see it in uh, government dealings, uh, municipal dealings, that they begin to see favor on paperwork, that they begin to see favor on things that they're dealing with, but especially in lives, Lord. We want to see breakthrough in the lives of those that we're believing for. We want to see powers and principalities shifted and moved out of the way. Father, we want to see a dominion mandate uh, settle in on us as a congregation that you begin to give us territory for the kingdom of God. We release an anointing over this house today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.